Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Okay. Hey, everyone. Dr. Megan Monday here, and I'm here with a new episode of Divine Feminine Revolution with Danielle Young. So, Danielle, I'll turn it over to you and go ahead and give us a brag intro and tell us all about your amazing self. Um, Hi, I'm Danielle. I am the mom of two insanely stubborn but very adorable corkies. Um, I currently live in Boise, Idaho, though this isn't the forever place, you know, because Idaho. Um, <laughs> I am a lover of all things magical, mermaid. I definitely identify with mermaids and I have a passion for helping people. I'm definitely what we call an empath through and through. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here just to kind of talk about what I do and the world and to meet you finally face to face. Yeah, I love I love mermaid magic, so I'm sure we'll get into that here in a bit. But tell mm. us like a little bit of the before story. We were just chatting in the green room and you've got some on the heels of some big life changes as I feel like 2020 has done to all of us. <laughs> yes. Um, I so I definitely feel like I kind of began this process of moving into claiming my power, standing in myself, my sovereignty um, in probably about 2017, 2018. Before that time, I was flailing around like a fish out of water. Um, I lived in Seattle, Washington. Uh, My only saving grace is my best friend. I call her my biffle or like she's my soul sister. Um, But it was really difficult. I was I felt like I was just trying to figure out who I was through other people. Um, I wanted to be the good person, you know, the good girl, you know, good with parents and the family and friends and really successful in their job. I was an accountant for a while and I didn't realize until actually I started learning about human design this year, how just completely misaligned that job was for me and my spirit. And it's so funny because I blamed myself. Like I blamed myself. I'm like, I'm terrible employee. I'm never going to have a job. I'm always going to be in debt. Like all these negative stories I started to create about myself in my mind, because I just didn't really, I just didn't know I wasn't grounded. I wasn't anchored into anything stable. And and my energy was just, you know, I was very like defiant and resistant. And I just fell into that resistance every single day. I like, I think back to that time and like panic attacks, it was crazy. Like every day was a roller coaster. 
And I really just felt disconnected in my body too. Like my body, I was at war with it all the time, every day. <laughs> What's the human design tea? It, or are you a projector? You... I am a projector. Okay. Um, I can get to where I can call people now. Yes. Um, so for those of you who like don't know what the hell we're talking about, human design is awesome and you should totally book a session. I can do a reading for you. Um, and probably, Danielle, do you do that too? I don't know. I, I don't do human design, but I'm fascinated by learning about my human design and my partner's human design too. That was really interesting. It's amazing. My human design journey started with a partner reading and that was so awesome because it explains so much and like some of the stuff you're probably already aware of, but it just gives you like mm-hmm. wind and permission to go by your design. So, um, I actually just recently did for a friend, um, she's a mom of three and I did her whole family's human design and she's got two projectors um, mm-hmm. Annie Jen and then generators. So very, very different profiles. And I totally was able to explain all the inner dynamics of it. Mm. I gotta say I'm a generator. I'm kind of jealous of the projectors because they have like <laughs> the truth teller. Like I feel like once you get the self-care piece done, right. Um, you can really explode as a coach being a projector. So I'm like, yeah, as a generator, I'm like, I have to build this whole infrastructure and it's taking so long. <laughs> so Yeah, I yeah, love that. I know. I like to see the projectors come on the scene because I feel like they give the best kind of um, readings because they're truth tellers and visionaries and, you know, they can see the the patterns. So. It's crazy what opened up for me when I started learning about my human design. And it's so funny because when I was struggle busing through my career in accounting, I wanted to be at the director role. Like I wanted to help kind of envision the whole thing and like help people find their place to do their thing, to make the whole vision come together. And so what's so cool about what I do now and what I'm just like totally diving into is super aligned in my human design and it feels really good. And once I kind of get through that, Um, So right now, kind of the big thing is in 2018, I kind of repeated a cycle. So in 2018, I quit a corporate job that was killing me. And it was, I love this. Can I curse on here? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. I love this shit so much. I had an appointment at 11 a.m. with my boss to give in my two weeks. I was a remote worker, so I was out of state. And we had technical difficulties on our phone line. And we weren't able to talk until 11 11. And I just sat there because I was really nervous about quitting my job. Like it it was gonna be a big sacrifice because I had like benefits and but it was it was literally killing me. Like I was getting up every day. I wasn't taking care of myself. I just wanted to sleep. I was kind of depressed, just not in my power. I was being stifled in as a, like if I'm passionate about something, I'm gonna take that inspired action to do it because it feels good. That's a projector. Like I'm going to allow the invitations to come to me. And I was actually promoted in this job. And within two months of my promotion, I was getting like yelled at for taking initiative to run projects. I was like, you know, I think that this is the universe's sign that I need to get, like, I need to get get out. And at that point I had already had my certification as a personal trainer. I had been doing some sort of wellness or fitness coaching for like Four, four years at that point, in addition to my day job, because I hadn't really found 
the niche and like the people that I really wanted to work with. I was kind of bouncing around trying to figure it out. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to dive into this. I'm going to dive in because this is the only thing I've done in my career that I've never wanted to quit, that I've always loved. Every other job I've tried to quit, every single one. So I went through this like dark night of of the soul for eight months after I quit this job. So into 2019, I lost friends. I did a massive, like so much shadow work. I was just trying to unearth all of the things in me that was, that were preventing me from really moving forward and feeling powerful and feeling worthy of being a business owner. And it was really hard. Like I, we, my partner and I both, we went through a lot that year. And then I found an amazing job at a gym to kind of just help a little bit. Like we just needed something that was, I didn't have to work full time in it. I could still work on healing me and It's like, you know, I kind of want to just have a good experience with a job. Like, I just want to feel that money coming in and being like, yeah, like that money is here. And the work was super easy. It wasn't hard. So it was kind of helping me heal that relationship I had with work. And as a projector, a lot of the times I just want to lay around. (laughs) Like, I just want someone to tell me what to do. Like, I don't want to sit there and have to figure out all of the tiny little steps and like put them all together and then execute on all those, that work. Like I can't wait until I get, I'm working in my business, in my alignment, because I want to get to a point where I can hire people and I can have a team. I'd be like, yes, this is like, you guys do your magic and I can do mine. And then it's just super duper magical. Like I can't wait for that point. That's what I'm It's keeping me like motivated to continue to take steps. But anyway, so yesterday it was my time. Another cycle had passed and I was like, okay, Scorpio season. I'm a Scorpio moon. It's like, okay, Scorpio season. It's here. Like my spirit, my essence is Scorpio. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And it just magically worked out that my last day was the day before I leave for, my best friend bought me a trip. And so we're going together to kind of celebrate this like transition in both of our lives because she's also doing she has a big transition in her life too and so it's so cool to see since 2018 that really started my my connection to source and like my awareness of magic and starting to really see it and experience it It was actually a trip to Maui this is why I feel connected to mermaids because I Mm -hmm. you know kind of saw one in the ocean while I was there yeah that was cool So, um, that was the first thing that kind of sparked everything. And since then I'm like, I've been watching these cycles happen. And with each one, I feel more and more like I'm stepping further and deeper and more grounded and in in, an anchored way into my power. Because before I felt like I would have these bursts of things that I would, yeah, I would do, I would do, I would go, go, go. And then I would crash because it wouldn't work out. Or I got more excited about like just trying to do something. And I learned as a projector, that's usually, that's usually why it malfunctioned is because I was pushing and pushing and pushing to get things done. And now I've um, just over the last six months, I've really like, you know, pandemic completely rocked my world because I couldn't do in-person stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. 
and I was failing at the type of coaching I was doing wasn't working. And I hadn't really fully stepped into movement as my thing. And so I was just kind of bouncing around, like not really wanting to be visible, wanting to hide behind my computer, behind my PDFs and behind my email. <laughs> um, I know that. Feeling. And I, and I know for projector, this is something that I'm learning is like, the key for me is visibility. And so the more I can be visible, the more opportunities will come that I can kind of feel into. And I think that's been my, my biggest challenge and my biggest triumph is learning how to really connect into my body because of that emotional authority that I have. I have lots of ups and downs and I'm a Gemini rising. So it's like, (laughs) sometimes like my brain's like ping pong ball. I know. I feel like I'm getting a fair reading with you because we're in a Gemini eclipse season. So like your life, especially as a rising sign is going to change so much in the next two years. It makes sense that you are doing mm-hmm. all that kind of spiritual prep work. And mm-hmm. I have two like kind of million dollar coaches that are projectors. And what I saw for them, their ticket to success was like doing less and doing less and taking better care and hiring people to do it. And then their careers just exploded. So for all of you projectors listening, you know, really pay attention to those invitations from the universe. Um, like, you know, you got invited to come on the podcast and you said yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's an example. You don't have to like force or initiate things and really just being mm-hmm. so um, mindful and cautious of like your time and energy. And that's where like for projectors for real, like less is more. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, combined with that Scorpio moon, you know, you're going to have that like intense <laughs> emotional piece. The mermaid piece makes sense to you. Cause you know, you're oh, a yeah. and I'm a cancer. So I get it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm a Pisces sun. So, you know, okay. So you've got all the sensitivity and all the ideas and all the intensity. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so funny. And man, I just, I started to just connect into like, okay, what am I, what is my body telling me? And it's interesting too, because at the same time that all of this was happening and I was seeing all everything in it from a spiritual perspective of, you know, listening to my body and, and honing into my intuition and really trusting the energy and how it feels. I was also healing my eating disorder and my relationship, my negative relationship with exercise. So I was a certified personal trainer who had been trained in the very diet culture, rich education. I was a coach before that, a wellness coach before that also educated in a very like, you know, not health at every size um, approach, which is what my movement practice approach is health at every size. And I'm definitely, one thing I want to say is I am not a leader in the body positivity space. Um, I am a white, cis, thin woman. And so my lived experience is so starkly different than those in the Black community, the Indigenous community, and non-Black people of color. Um, All of them... Um, There's so many leaders in that space. I I know of a couple, so I'll name them now. Um, Decolonizing Fitness is a fantastic practice on the East Coast. And they actually have a Patreon that you can join. And I'm a member. um, 
And it's just a really important way to stand in solidarity um, and in support with people who are doing this work and are should be getting paid for their lived experience. Um, I don't know how many times I've said, you know, thank you, Lizzo, for showing up in your wholeness, in your authenticness, in your body, in with pride and with realness, because I don't feel I can do that because of diet culture. And diet culture is so based in white supremacy, the history of just measurement and rating bodies is so founded in white colonization all over the world. The other account that you should follow if you're interested in this niche is um, I am Chrissy King. So Chrissy King is a certified personal trainer as well. Um, just another leader in the space. Like I, uh, I definitely can speak to how it feels to be in my body and how to connect to my body and teach the empaths that I coach. I can teach them how to do those things. I can teach them how to create a movement ritual that's super powerful and will help them feel amazing. Um, and then I just wanted to make sure that the anti-racism that I am working on myself and trying to uphold in my business, I'm not a leader in that. That's not what, what people come to me for. They go to the people who have lived experience in that, that space. And so, yeah, Decolonizing Fitness and um, her Instagram is I am Chrissy King, but they both have incredible resources. And so I just wanted to plug that. I love that perspective because, um, you know, I think everybody needs to do their decolonization work and I love the integration because I've studied on both of those things separately, but you Mm -hmm. know, the more layered, because we know these things aren't in a vacuum, like the more accurate and like powerful these approaches are. And I would just say, you know, to add more like the psychology piece to it, you know, women, when we see it on the media, or if we have like objectifying comments or even harassment or abuse or rape, um, these are all things that like take us out of our body. And so then once those things happen, we start to treat ourselves like an object, which is self-objectification. And that's a lot of times what, you know, many women go through because most women have experienced some level of this kind of like societal pressure. And like you said, white supremacy around Mm -hmm. like body image and thinness. Um, And so it's so powerful to like become embodied (laughs) and become the subject And what's really cool is psychology um, has really uh, linked the objectification piece to almost every single mental health concern. And I think, you know, for me being a plus size person, like I've experienced it on like the fat side of things, but I think every woman experiences it, even if, and what I've seen with my clients is sort of like the closer someone is to the ideal body image, almost like the more they have it because they're trying to be that thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it can run even more powerfully than someone who is like, well, I know I don't fit in because I'm way outside that level. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I really think it's great how you're integrating all of those things. Um, I've not really heard someone do that. So I love the integrative approach. So yeah, I about your story. Like how did you sort of overcome the eating disorder and get to the place where you can like Um, be a fitness professional and like, you know, have that really um, empowerment focus. 
Yeah. So when I was in my accounting career, I was a plus sized person until I was about 27 years old. And that kind of began my, uh, I'm not, I did not intentionally lose weight and I definitely don't promote that. I think it's very damaging. It was damaging for me. I think I've tried every diet under the sun. I tried keto and went into ketoacidosis and was hospitalized. And like, I saw how damaging all these things were to my body. Like I used to take laxatives when I would binge eat, like it was bad for a long time. And what I found was I was missing the connection to me and I didn't want to feel. And so food became that I don't want to feel substance for me. And most people think that if I have disordered eating or behaviors or an eating disorder, the best thing to do is to just cut out all of the non-healthy food and just to try to eat clean, which kind of worked for me, but my mental health was still terrible because all I could think about was what I was eating, how much I was eating and how my work, which was overwhelming in volume and time was cutting into me being able to work out. And then working out became the answer to the, to eating food. And so it was just, I wasn't able to focus on anything else except for what my body looked like. And it was so gross. Like I felt it. And so in 2017, um, I'd gone through, I, I just, I kept going through weight cycling, which is very common when, uh, when you're in doing diets is that you lose a bunch of weight, you gain a bunch of weight, you lose, you know, it's just this up and down, up and down. Um, a lot of people call it yo-yo dieting, but it's in this industry, it's called weight cycling. I was hitting, I was experiencing weight stigma at the doctor, um, which actually prevented me from being formally diagnosed with PCOS until I found a doctor who was willing to take me seriously. Um, Cause every doctor I'd hit at that point, you know, I was having all the classic symptoms of PCOS and endometriosis, but none of them were listening to me. They kept telling me, well, you just need to lose weight and you'll be fine. Um, and that's super duper common, especially for women, but I'm going to say 10 times worse for black women doctors just brushing the concerns off and just prescribing weight loss or prescribing some blase treatment, not actually listening to get to the root of the problem. Um, and I experienced it. And so I finally found a doctor who told me I had PCOS and we went through non-diet and non-intentional weight loss treatments for me to help me heal root of the problem was, which is my hormones are jacked, <laughs> not, not I have fat on my body. And so through that process, I think my eyes were opened because I thought I was going crazy. I kept being like, I'm trying all these different things and my body still feels like it's in pain all the time. I can't focus on anything else. And I'm going insane because there has to be something wrong with me. And that's what I thought. I'm, I'm not able to lose weight. And so there's something wrong with me. And when I, my eyes are open to that belief, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what diet culture tells me. If I can't do this thing, it's my fault. 
So it was like, I started learning. It was like my eyes were being opened to not just my body and what I needed to heal, but in my heart and the belief systems that I had taken on because of diet culture. I totally get that. One of the most powerful things I learned in eating disorder training is something called like the bad fats. So you'll hear people say like, oh my God, I feel so fat. And so like in our culture, we sort of just um, equated bad, feeling bad with feeling fat. And so you'll see people like incorrectly (laughs) label their negative emotions. And um, in my therapy and kind of psychologist background, like I one, see um, women not being believed, particularly if they have mental health issues as well. And so I'm always coaching clients to like get second opinions with doctors, go to a holistic doc, like find some, go to a healer, you know, go Mm -hmm. somewhere where someone can believe you. And I think it's no coincidence because many, many, many of my therapy clients have, um, physical conditions like chronic pain, um, lots and lots of women, particularly if they've had trauma or sexual trauma, you know, our sacral chakra is our womb, right? And so a lot of times reproductive issues, I see PCOS as like so common. And a lot of times it's not diagnosed. Thyroid issues can go along with that. Adrenal issues, Mm -hmm. like the whole bit. And when your hormones are not balanced, um, plus you maybe have the obsession with the bad fats on top of it. I mean, it can be like very, very dysregulating and painful. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I just love that you're sharing your journey with that because I feel it's so important and so many women go through this. Yeah. And I, I really came to a point where I was like, I don't know what else to do. And it, this was right before I became more connected to, you know, spirit and source and my guides. Like, yeah. I intuitively, and it's funny because this is actually in my human design chart, but I intu- intuitively found intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And the founders of intuitive eating, um, Elise Raish, early, oh, I can't, I don't know if I pronounced names correctly. That's definitely something that's wrong. My brain doesn't process <laughs> words correctly. <laughs> but the founders of intuitive eating, um, they've gone through, they're in the same sort of uh, role that I, I believe I play in this industry where they definitely aren't leaders in like body liberation or body positivity, but they have uh, over the last, I think 20 years, they have um, created this method and this approach to food that helps you create peace with it. And it is, they're both registered dietitians. They worked with other clinical and medical professionals, psychologists to really help hone in the practice. But it's essentially connecting into your body. And a lot of people say they can lose weight with intuitive eating, but intuitive eating says intentional weight loss is not the goal. The goal here is to be able to eat the food and feel peaceful about it and connect to your body and study your body. What is it telling you? Um, there's a whole workbook that I used. Fantastic. It takes you through, it's like a, over a hundred pages. It takes you through journaling exercises and actual practices that you can do in order to help kind of hone in that skill. But it's funny. I, I just intuitively found it. And in my human design chart, one of my, one of the pieces of it says that 
eating intuitively and kind of going with the flow with food just fits my life better. And I completely own that. It is when I found that out, I was like, Oh, (laughs) I found that, found that on my own. That's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what started it emotionally, like if you look up like Louise Hayes, like interpretation on weight, a lot of times it's about emotional protection, you know? So it makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. if you're living outside of your design, you know, like self-medicating with food and then, and then still feeling frustrated because it's just a cover up. Right. And so like addressing like the real, you know, like lifestyle issues around like, how could you be more in your authority and in your truth? And like, obviously like the big piece is like aligned with spirit. Right. Cause it sounds like that was your biggest breakthrough is when, you really got mystical. So like, tell me a little bit about that. Like what was the spiritual? Oh man. Well, there's two big kind of, I would say like landmark Mm -hmm. moments. Um, I went to Maui with my partner and I'd never been to Hawaii before, but Hawaii was always a sort of kind of running theme that we can never go. Like, you know, my family growing up, my mom, we were supposed to go and my mom couldn't last minute and we didn't go. It was just kind of this weird, like almost kind of a legend in my family growing up. So I was super excited to go. And my, my partner had been to Maui before. Um, so he was really excited to show me. And I found this super rare offer for uh, an Airbnb right on the beach and like just across the street. And I was like, we have to do this. So we did. And I, Remember, we went to the beach. It was like the second day. We were there in like kind of the early evening when the sun's just kind of starting to set and the colors are changing in the sky. And I look out. I'm in the ocean by myself. My my partner's like up on the beach. And I look out into the ocean. I see this little head pop up and go down. And I was like, what? That's weird. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I just remember thinking while I was there the whole week. And I also had probably one of the worst cycles of my life during that time. I didn't know anything about like mermaids or anything. I had no nothing then, but I just remember feeling this overwhelming energy of peace and chill and like no anxiety and no stress and like I had left my dog with my parents. And so I was, before we got to, to Maui, I was freaking out. I was like, oh no, something bad's going to happen to him. Cause he's, he's a little corgi. So he's short, stubby. <laughs> and um, we get there and it's like, I'm insulated from any ne- negative energy. So about six months later, one of the coaches that I had been working with um, when I, as I was coming into my gifts as an empath, she put on, and she's never done this again. She's never offered this workshop again, but it just so happened to land that I took it. And she talked all about elementals. And when she got to the mermaid elemental, I felt this like drop in my heart chakra. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then all of these images from my whole life started popping into my head being a mermaid as a kid in our pool and like literally putting my feet together and like swimming in the water, being obsessed with the little mermaid. And some of the first gifts that I ever got as a kid was a mermaid, a little mermaid bike and a beanbag chair. And the fact that little mermaid was made the same year I was born. Um, And then 
being born right next to literally right next to the ocean, like the hospitals on the ocean and just these little things started popping up. And then that image from being in Maui and seeing that head pop up and go down just kind of off in the distance in the water. I was like, Oh my well, God. we can do a mermaid healing and, you know, um, Hawaii is like the original Lemuria, which if you don't know, about oh, yeah. that, look into it. And, um, oh, I've yeah. recently been playing the card about, I think it's Minnetonkin, um, which is mm-hmm. like a mermaid, like underwater kind of, uh, parallel realities. So yeah. Yeah, I feel you on the mermaid front for sure. I definitely, we love to take cruises, which I know is not the most eco-friendly, but um, it is a fun experience. And I always feel like the happiest, most grounded, most centered when I am sleeping on the ocean. And I always just feel pulled to like jump in. (laughs) I know. I feel you on that one. It's nuts. Like, during that whole breakdown. And it's funny because right after I found out about that was when we had just eight months of pure, I would say it was transformation. We were, we saw so many things leave our lives, me specifically, and then so much come in. Um, it was right before that. And I just remember thinking like, okay. And then I found a soul led business coach right after that. And that opened my eyes even more. And it wasn't even until this year that, because intuitive eating is Mm science-based and a lot of the practitioners of intuitive eating will say like, it's not woo-woo. In my mind, it's my connection to my guides and to spirit that enhances the experience for me. Um, I have found so much healing and so much power in creating self-care rituals. And I think that's probably because of my projector. My projector essence is trying to make self-care um, the most impactful I can. But when I was really starting to heal my relationship with food, I was also healing my relationship with exercise. Mm-hmm because I felt incredible when I was moving my body in ways that bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to keep a consistent movement practice ritual. And I, I really do. And that's where my work comes in is reframing exercise as, you know, I almost imagine all of us, (laughs) mermaids under the moon in the ocean dancing and swimming around free and that's really what I try to bring to right now I'm making YouTube videos um in January I'll have a membership space and it's funny because I'm even this is more general in what I do but I'm even kind of diving deeper down into the depths maybe this is the Scorpio season that I'm in my moon sign but really honing in and helping helping the empath women and I say that with an x mm-hmm. um because I do believe in serving more than just women who people who look like me mm-hmm. trans non-binary yeah. as well but really helping those who are elite, who have just left toxic relationships 
And this is a theme in my life that has just kept coming and coming and coming. And I didn't notice it until this year when the pandemic really forced me to slow down and quitting my part-time job. So I'm like looking at all these things and, oh my gosh, everyone and their mom has always come to me when dealing with a breakup or leaving a terrible friend friendship. I've had to leave 10, you know, bad friend friendships too. And I just believe so much in the power of movement in ritual and in prayer and using gentle, powerful movement. I love strength and mobility. I think helping people feel powerful by showing them through directing and teaching that they can do these movements that maybe they were afraid to do before. The people who feel rejected by the gym, they feel overwhelmed and anxious about working with a trainer. You know, I really want to tap into those people who need something to help them move through what they're going through. And I, I will call it out. I have such not, I wouldn't say rage, but I would definitely say like, what the F towards the idea that when you break up with someone, you need to just change yourself in order to feel better. This has played out a lot in like, there's a reality TV show called Revenge Body. Yeah. yeah. Like Chloe Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely going to send some people to therapy. Um. Yeah. It's like, I'm not good enough because I have, I've experienced this pain. And so now I'm going to go change myself to be better than what that person is or the, what happened. And I get it. I was, I left a really terribly abusive relationship in college. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing I tried. I, the first thing I did was I was like, I'm going to get on Weight Watchers and I'm going to start going two a days to the gym. Yeah, I see that a lot because, you know, I'm glad that you're naming the relationship abuse because it's so common in women. And I think, well, common that it happens to women. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think when you're in a powerless situation like that, like we try to find control. And a lot of times we like try to control our bodies. And then it's like back to that objectification piece. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love that you're reclaiming exercise because exercise is such an important part of mental health, like to really be able to like move and then to add that spiritual layer to it, like it's so important to have ritual and to connect with your body and be embodied. Those are definitely like main um, parts of my program, the Fearless Feminine Academy. We do a whole embodiment section and that's where your power is and that's where the magic comes and it gets to just be easy and you start to embody your truth. So I'm kind of wondering mm-hmm. like if you could just wave a magic wand and uh, change the world, you've already named some of the things, but like, what would you like to see happen as part of the divine feminine revolution? I want to see more of us rise up and yeah. feel, I want to see if I could wave, wave a magic wand, I would just want to see more people feel confident in themselves to yeah. rise up to really see their worth as a divine feminine being on this planet. We are getting chills. So I know this is spirit led, but we are in a, and I especially speak to this um, only because I specifically work with empaths. Mm -hmm. Um, But so many of us are uniquely 
gifted with this powerful energy to help solve most of the problems in the world. And I think divine femininity is rooted in this um, warm, glowy, nurturing energy that can be fearless and, and powerful and be soft and caring at the same time. It's like, why wouldn't you want this more? You know, like it just feels so good to, to stand in. And I definitely want to see more of us rise up. I'm definitely in that category. I am still in this phase of building up my confidence. And so I just would love to see more of us who may not feel quite, may not feel ready to know that it's our time. I love that. The time is now. And, you know, with confidence, I really think from a feminine perspective, like feminine energy perspective, it really is about trusting your intuition and your emotions and your felt body experience. And so I really feel like those things have been discredited by the more masculine or patriarchal influences because you're easier to control if it's all based on logic, you know, because you can spin logic. You can't spin how you feel inside if it's your personal truth. And so, you know, that stuff is harder to water down. And so I think there's so many forces that are trying to disconnect us. Like I think the most powerful thing you can do to heal is obviously to like go within. And so I think that's definitely what 2020 has been about. It's like, like go inwards. And I love your story because so many women I've interviewed on this podcast have really talked about like leaving corporate like everyone thought they were crazy and just like going for it because they knew they had a bigger mission. And that just like makes me so excited. And I think confidence to like follow your inner calling is really what that's about. Yeah. Well, like tell us how to work with you. Where do we find you? All the goods there. Awesome. Okay. So right now my website's under construction, but um, it should be ready sometime in December for the launch of my membership space Yay! called Calling It The Cove, a sacred space for empaths to move through it together. Oh, I like that. Thanks. Right now I'm building out the 13-week video series for it. Um, it's all movement practices. So very, very excited. In the meantime, you can find me on YouTube. Um, I do have a couple of videos up now, more to come. And those are called Mindful Movement Magic. My YouTube channel, um, you'd have to search it, but it's Empower Your Present. That is my business name. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Empower Your Present or um, Pinterest, which is Empower underscore your underscore present. Awesome. Well, thank you for so vulnerably and powerfully sharing your story. Like I think it's such an inspiration and I love that you're leading with your life. You know, it's just amazing. And I can tell you're really bringing the healing to your practice. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so wonderful. It feels really good to talk to you and, and to internet meet you. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, I mean, I think it's such an important story that like, I think all of these things that we talked about are so important for women. And I hope that there are a lot of women out there having aha moments and have some guidance on like, oh, maybe I need to check out, you know, this doctor, or maybe I need to move more. Maybe I need to look at my relationships. So I think there's been so many 
resources and, you know, kind of buzzwords that are affect so many women deeply. And they may not really know what it is because like part of the patriarchy is they mystify causes, you know what I mean? So, and, and unfortunately, like, you know, the mainstream, like medical or even psychology or fitness or whatever, like a lot of times they just go with the dominant thought, even if it's super toxic. So I just love that you have been truth telling about the industry and that you're doing something different. And what a gift to empaths because we feel things so deeply. I know. And how cool to start to feel a little bit better in your body. That was something that changed everything for me. Just not feeling everything so harshly in my body, having a practice to go to when I needed to move the energy and integrate what was going on. So yay. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) I will catch you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.